Hello, and welcome back to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Have you ever thought about trademarking your business? Getting a trademark is a great way to protect your business and gain credibility with clients. Jay Pattis, owner of Pampered Pet Sitting and Cat Sitting at Home, joins the show again to share what it took to gain a registered trademark for his business. Jay started the process when he was thinking of expanding, but has found many other benefits for his business and himself. Jay also gives advice on how to plan for multiple month-long pet care visits and why having guest blogging for your business is so powerful. Let's get started. I live in Warrensburg, Missouri, which is 50 miles southeast of Kansas City, about an hour's drive away. And we are in a small town atmosphere. We're near Whiteman Air Force Base where they have the B-2 bomber. And we have the University of Central Missouri in town as well. And uh, 25 years ago, we started Pampered Pet Sitting in May of 97. And then a few years back, we also started a special cats brand called Cats at Home Pet Sitting. And um, as you can tell, we've been pet sitting for over 25 years now. And I kind of started kind of late in my life on the pet sitting. So I'm in already in my mid-70s and um, pretty much consider myself part-time pet sitting, though there are times when I'm doing a full-time pet sitting schedule. I also get involved with doing some of my own investing and some uh, trading of stocks and so forth. So keeps me busy. <laughs> and when we last spoke, I know you were kind of talking about you were looking to transition towards and had your eye kind of on on retirement. And so I, I was curious how that process has been has been going for you and what kind of things you've been implementing since then. It's worked out really good. Matter of fact, I kind of almost feel like I'm almost retired and I don't know. My sister always, who's seven years younger than me, always wonders when I'm going to retire. And I don't know when, <laughs> totally retire. But I kind of consider myself almost semi-retired. Um, I basically, except for just a couple people, I'm doing only cat sitting. And cats are still, you know, an important part of pet sitting. And there isn't a lot involved in it, but they're not near what the dog sitting is. So my schedule is a lot more wide open. I'm able to, for example, I play pickleball a couple times every week and I walk a lot and I'm able to get involved in civic things, all the types of things I couldn't do before when I was doing a full pet sitting schedule. So I feel like we're really at the cat transition point right now. Personally, I'm doing over 90% of pet sitting I'm doing is cat sitting. Mm. And for the business, we're up close to 80%. Wow. So, no, I, I know you, you, you mentioned that you have, live in a small town. And you're, you're actually the, the, the closest person I've ever interviewed. You're kind of just down the road from us. So it's definitely a small yeah. town atmosphere. And you, you're in a small town, and now you are, you're specializing into cats even more so. And I know many people may think that that kind of thing isn't, isn't possible if you live in a small area. So how, how have you made that kind of transition work? It's possible. Can you believe we've already done 52 cat clients already this year? That's a lot. <laughs> so Warrensburg has less than 20,000 population. Yeah. So, yeah, that's out of 70 clients overall. 
And I have two other people working with us who mostly do all the other dogs and do they themselves do cat clients as well. So it's just a matter of back in 2016, we decided to focus on cats as a mean to transition towards semi-retirement, where I feel like I am today. So it took five years. Mm. So you got to be willing to go steadily at it. You got to be willing to say no to people who call you all the time when you do dog sitting and you just say no. You know, I'm not going to be. But that frees you up to have the time to focus on recruiting cat clients and doing even a better job of, of doing the cat sitting. But what I found really interesting and was hoping would be the case, when you give up the dog sitting more and have the time for your cat clients, your cat clients use you more. Hmm. So there were probably all those years where we were serving our cat clients as well as we could have been and passing up opportunities to serve them more. Now, we've been part of cat clubs. We've gone to cat shows. And we have four cats of our own, and they've always been our passion. So it kind of shows, I think. <laughs> well, and as you said, you kind of had created that um, off-brand or offshoot of pampered pet sitting of cats at home as a way of – and I think what that does is it helps message to people who are interested of just how seriously – you're taking that. And then I, I also appreciate how you mentioned that it wasn't an overnight kind of thing of this was a, a, a kind of a, a dream that you had and a focus you wanted to go into. And then was patiently putting in the work and waiting for it to turn out. Yeah, I think that's the case. And I think our cats at home brand cats at home pet sitting have a separate website, a separate logo, you know, a different name. I think that helped a lot too. As well, so you know, it just shows how serious you were on the cat end of it. So, now, so that's what we've done. Oh, well, that's that's really that's really neat to see that you've been able to to specialize into that, and especially as you start matching up with, you know, what you want your life to look like as you go towards retirement, and what you want the business to look like, and kind of and making sure that those are going forward in tandem with one another. Yeah, I think so too. You know, it's. It's where we always shot for, and I'm excited that we're there. <laughs> Matter of fact, this is my first Christmas <laughs> that we won't have any dog sitting. Nobody, what? even neither of our other pet sitters, either have any dog sitting. And most pet sitters would be kind of upset with that, but I'm thrilled. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, because there's there's just so much that goes into that, and I know the three-a-day, four-a-day visits for vacation clients for, for dogs, it, it really does weigh on you. It's a lot of work and a lot of stress and strain, and it's not something that uh, a lot of people, I've, they feel like they have to do it, I'll say that, and might not know other options or other ways of running and operating a business. Mayor Fat, I've said this a lot. i found not only is the scheduling better for cat sitting, and is there less competition for cat sitting? I found cat sitting is more profitable mm. because cat clients generally only need you once a day. There's some that need you twice a day, especially with medicine or shots. So therefore, the cost of them isn't a big a deal. So you can charge more. 
And with the way the economy has been going and it may looks like moving forward, those are definitely thoughts. And, and as we look at our businesses, how they've run and gone, what services were the most profitable? And I love that idea of going, okay, was maybe let's, we just called it a drop-in. Okay, was it a dog drop-in or a cat drop-in? And what were my profits for that client for that day, given how many times I was going over, the drive time, the wear and tear, the mileage, all that stuff? And then really putting those on paper and going, is this setting me? Is this setting me up for success? Right. No, that's one of the reasons. Five years ago, we decided they were going to focus on that and be our transition to semi-retirement. It's just one of those reasons. There's no doubt about it, you know, because you can schedule. You know, I think we're going to go to. I'm not positive. I've somewhere between nine or ten different homes for cats this. Christmas Day, but we'll be able to go to multiple homes within a short distance of each other. So that by itself means not as much drive time, not as much expense. Now, IRS doesn't pay you 62 and a half cents a mile for grins. That's what it really costs to operate your vehicle. So therefore, you're saving a lot of money and making more profits that way. Now, when you do more long-term care, I, I think I saw that you were you've been doing care for clients for a, for multiple weeks at a time. Uh, are those? I'm assuming those are cat clients, or how are you making those? They kind are of visits cat work? clients. Yeah, they just happen to be the last couple ones, which I just finished one for five weeks. That he was in, he's in the Air Force. He's a pilot at Whiteman. Air Force Base, and he went away to Alabama for a special uh, training school. And he was able to take his wife with him, and um, and we took care of his home and his cats for five weeks. Well, there's things that come up, you know, <laughs> that you're not used to. You know, there's things like he has regular drop shipments set to his home every two or three weeks. They come on a certain time, so you have to make sure you're around to take them. You don't want them sitting overnight all night long. Mm. Someone can come by and take them. <laughs> so, you know, you have to schedule accordingly. And, you know, there, you just have little things. The cats had to change their feeding schedule. Um, the litter box situation was quite a challenge initially, but it all worked out. And we figured out. And one of the things I always do is I always get home and say, you know, you're going to be gone a long time. How are we going to communicate? And, you know, and I want to know a lot more about the home since there's a better chance something might happen. And we had another person that was gone for eight weeks, and he scheduled home maintenance while he was gone. So I had to coordinate with his contractors as well. So. And these were just regular clients who we had done before who now had to go for long periods of time for training, both of them be two pilots. So, And then I had three clients who've all been with us a long time, all decide this year that they were going to go to Europe for about three weeks at a time. Well, you have to be concerned about the time difference. You know, England and Scotland and Italy and France. So you can't just call them up and it's, you know, two in the morning because it's, you know, six o'clock here. <laughs> so, so you end up texting a lot. And some of them you can't even text because their plan 
doesn't allow for extra data, so you can't even do that. So you have to ask them ahead of time, you know, what about this? What, you know, extra precautionary things, you know, if this happens. And one person, she's in a home-based business, you know, e-commerce business. She got, she had 22 packages delivered while she was gone during those three weeks. (laughs) Some were heavy. So I figured out I had to carry a back brace with me and a little lift to bring them in sometimes. Wow. You had to go in and shut the cats to the side so they can't run out the door, you know. So these are just little things that you just have to think about and in, and talk to them about before you do it. Yeah. But it makes you even more valuable to them, right? That part of preparing and looking at eight weeks of care day after day i know that can be that sounds daunting it really it really does did you yeah how how so how did you approach getting organized for that and and really well it wasn't hard i mean i've done this person for a long time that helps he went to australia for why we our air force sends people to australia train them it's beyond me but they did so 18 hours ahead. So what I would do, Colin, I would count back six hours and then say, oh, well, and then go forward 24 hours. And then I had an idea what time it was there. (laughs) (laughs) It was the very next day. It was never the same day we're on, you know. Yeah. But I could text him and I could email him. And he would alert me, says, Jay, such and my landscaper's got to come by and winterize my my sprinkler system. Can you coordinate this with him? Here's his phone number and his name. Okay. Uh, Jay, by the way, the person who handles my draperies has got them on order. If they come in, can you coordinate with them and install it? Jay. My heating and cooling guy's going to come in and adjust the heating thing. Can you coordinate that? Yeah. Okay. And you learn to do it. And so uh, I guess the question is, you know, eight weeks, seven days a week, that's 56 visits or so. Uh, a lot of people you know, will look at that. Once a day visits. You know, that's still, that's still quite a few visits. And, and people may look at that. And go, that's, a, that's a big chunk of money as well. It is a big chunk of money. And, you know, like, for example, the person I just completed five weeks with, they normally, they've used this for a couple of years on a frequent basis, and they normally had us come twice a day for the cat. They didn't have to, but they liked it that way. They liked the socialization. We'd be bringing toys and play with them and, you know, do all that. So, you know, they figured out, I called them up and I said, you know, we're going to have, this is going to be quite a bill. And he says, no, we've already known that. And he says, we'll just go once a day. I said, well, the cats aren't used to once a day. How are we going to do this? Hmm. So, you know, we worked on that and I asked him about, you know, all the precautionary things. Is there a neighbor nearby in case something happens? You know, because you're gone five weeks. That's a long time. Well, I never had to deal with the neighbor, and <clears throat> we worked it out. And unfortunately, the cats were not used to once a day eating, and they gorged themselves and threw up the first few days. Oh, no. So yours truly was cleaning. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and as it turned out, see, I, 
you know, you may not have the experience I have with cats, but our, some of our cats will do that too. So we feed them twice a day because of it. But what I've learned to do is you can also put dry food on top of it and mash it down and they won't, it slows them down and they won't throw up. Hmm. So I asked him, I said, I'm going to try that. And he said, oh, yeah, I got these special dishes you can use. That'll Because he left me little bowls to use. And the food barely, because I had to give him two cans of food versus one. Well, you know, we were able to mash the food down. And then I brought in the dry food. And I used a certain dry food that I knew would work and was good nutrition. And as soon as I started doing that, the throw-up stopped. So we had no problems, but he also had a, a litter robot. Have you seen those things? I, I know there's several different varieties of them, and I, I tend to not like any of well, them. Anyway, so. <laughs> it, it had its problems, too. <laughs> <laughs> so here I had to look up on my phone what each the different lights meant. <laughs> Blue flashing light, red flashing light, yellow flashing light, you know, and then take care of it. And I said, you know, I called them up. I said, I, is it all right if I leave an extra litter pan? I always carry extra litter. I don't know about you, but since early on in our career, I learned that people don't always have what you need. So I carry everything imaginable in my truck or car that we would ever need. Right. So I yeah. always have extra litter pans and extra litter. So I brought in a litter pan and litter, and we just brought it in. And the cats actually like the litter pan better than the litter robot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's less stress so and strain no on you, too. I problems with the litter robot after that. <laughs> so these are just little things you learn to do, you know. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chris Ann from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say. Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time, cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timedpet.com slash confessional. Yeah, and there are things like, you know, just having some of those supplies on hand of, you right. know, are you going to use them for every visit? No, but whenever no. you need them, you need them. And especially for these long-term care clients where you're going five weeks, eight weeks, anything right. can happen. And we really do have to be, we, it, it's, the onus is on us to be thinking through all of those possibilities and be prepared for it. Yeah. And that's, that's what we've done. And I've done, we've done our longest believer now is 10 weeks. I'll still <laughs> never forget that one. We had a lady who went to visit her, her father in Florida for two to three weeks. And while she was there, her, her uh, father had massive heart attack mm. and she ended up staying down there to help him through his recovery. He was there 10 weeks, and she ran a worldwide nonprofit from Warrensburg, of all places. And she, she didn't have her computer with her. She had a laptop, but she had the stuff on her, on, her, on her desktop that she needed to run her, uh, her business, you know, her nonprofit. 
So she literally would contact me and ask me to turn on her computer, and by remote, she would do stuff on the computer. So you just never know what's going to happen. You know, she wasn't prepared, so I had to go through her bills so she could pay her utility bills. And then I would take pictures of her bills, you know, and she'd see, and then she'd go online and pay them. She didn't think she would be gone that line, so she never made arrangements for any of that stuff. Right. Things happen. How do you, how do you have discussions around prices when those kind of things happen? And have Frank I don't I, I don't talk about I mean they know how much it is. Mm. And honestly I've hardly ever had any problems with prices over our 25 years. We've had a few, but hardly any. So, you know, they know how much it is per day. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll just give them a longer period to pay it back or just make a partial payment, make another payment, you know, things like that. It all, you know, brings me to the personal financing that I told you about. If you if you have your personal finances in order, your business finances in order, you can let something like that go for a little longer, you know? That's how you make long-term clients, in my view. When, when you say in order... What what does that mean? You know, that you have money in savings. You have money in, you know, you have reserve money. That you could go a couple months without making much money. You know, that you could pay your bills for two, three, four, they say minimum of three months. Most Most financial advisors will pay you six months, ideally a year. It's asking a lot for a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we're way past that, but there, I can remember days when we were first married, we couldn't even go a month. So I understand that for people, you know, but that's what I mean by your financial. And you, you know when your bills are due and you have money to pay them, you know, and you can space them out if you can and things like that. In today's world, it's pretty easy to do it. All the creditor, most creditors will allow you to select your due dates and things like that. I check my bank account every day. There's people I've run into, pet sitters, who haven't looked at it in months. So, you know. <laughs> so that's what I mean by that. Yeah, and just having a general, I think it starts with just having that general awareness of of what's coming in and what's going out, right? That's just bare minimum. Yeah. And then, Keeping like, these really good record keeping books. We use QuickBooks for our business, uh, but also keeping really good books, personal books as well. You know, know how much is in your different accounts and where you have your money at and what it, what's your monthly budget. You know, what is it, what is your electric bill, your gas bill, your phone bill, you know, all those things. What's your groceries cost? You know, the whole bit. Yeah. Well, you know, what does it cost you to live? <laughs> and then what all your business expenses are, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I look at it every day, but I'm probably a fanatic about it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, when you when you know that kind of information, you know what kind of investments you can make in your personal life. Of hey, what class can I take? What uh, or if it's in your business, what new equipment can I buy? Or maybe I need to buy some more lock boxes, or maybe I can upgrade my software. And I know I know one of the investments that that you've made actually was in it was in a trademark and i i think this is really interesting jay because i don't know many other people who have done this with their business so why why was it important for you to have a, a trademark uh, for your okay. for your business um i've been very very fortunate to have two people who do pet sitting for us one lives in Nasa, which is you know about, but most people don't. It's a little town, ten miles in here, right next to Whiteman Air Force Base, and she does her pet sitting for us since 2006. And then I have this other lady who been helping us with pet sitting since 2002, and she's here in Warrensburg. Well, the lady that's here in Warrensburg's been working at the university and. And her husband was there at the University of Central Missouri as a professor, and he retired. And they thought when he retired, they would move back to Pennsylvania, where they're from, near near Philadelphia. And she was wanting to start her own pet sitting business, and she mostly wanted to do cats. And she also, she really was big in horses and stuff. But she didn't want to do a lot of dogs, but she would. So... She was one of the reasons we looked at starting cats at home pet sitting. And and I thought, well, and she wanted to be tied into us still. <laughs> ah. So I thought, well, you know, if I start cats home pet sitting and we also have a branch in Philadelphia area, you know, I had had Susan Gibbs, who's a tremendous lady to work with, do our cats at home pet sitting logo, and it turned out nice. Uh, hopefully, you like it, but we did anyway. Yeah, it's it's very and, nice. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, she's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then in a moment of passion, I thought, well, maybe we'll end up in other states and towns as well. Well, I've since learned that is not practical for me. So with that, didn't come out. And as it <laughs> turned out, the lady never moved to Philadelphia, and thankfully not. She's been with us now 20 years. And now, as it turned out, she's going to retire from the University of Missouri, and she will be available much more to do pet sitting for us here in Warrensburg. Okay. But I thought, well, maybe we should get a trademark for it, but it won't do any good just to get one here in Missouri or Kansas, you know. So I thought, well, I'll try for a United States Patent Trademark Office. I knew about that. Um, so I, being a bit naive, said, well, I'll just use Google Zoom. I've used them before personally. Well, <laughs> it was not easy. <laughs> Oh, no. They have this extensive, uh, I don't know, it seemed like 10, 12 pages of questionnaire. And I understand why. Because when Coca-Cola comes out with a new brand, this is what they go with. Mm. Well, here's Jay trying to go with this on his own little business with Cats at Home's pet sitting logo that had the name with it. So you're actually trademarking not only the logo, but you are the name as well. Mm -hmm. So, at any rate, I, 
I was lucky to people at at LegalZoom had really good customer service, and they pretty much and helped me some. And I, what I did was I ended up just saving, as I went through the questionnaire, it took me days to go through it. I would just save where I was at, and then I keep bothering for questions. And then one time this guy says, you know, we have this network of attorneys who specialize in trademarks, and all you have to do is pay for a couple months of it, and then you could just get free phone consoles with them. So I said, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was pretty naive, you know. Yeah. Which is pretty bad considering that was only five years ago. Well, actually six years ago. But at any rate, so this was in August of 2016. And so I got I set up a couple of those conferences and boom, those guys were great. They literally explained to me, and they explained little things like, don't put down that you want to get pet sitting as part of your trademark, but because there's hundreds of thousands of people that use pet sitting, you'll never get a trademark. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And so instead, I put down pet sitting referral service, and I got that. Mm. Nobody else had that. So, and so then you go through a period of time where then they run these extensive researches, LegalZoom does and your trademark attorney does. And then they find out it comes back with like a dozen people that have similar names. Nobody has similar design, obviously. And so from there, I talked to a trademark attorney. We made a couple of changes. And then you have to come up with a word description of your logo. Oh, God, was that hard. (laughs) (laughs) You see a cat with a heart in the middle of it, right? With a cat's face. And and you you have to describe the colors of it, what teal color it is, what how the width of the lines, the width of the eye. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. So the best thing you do is you don't go with any colors, so therefore you're more likely to get the trademark because somebody else doesn't have a color with the same color with the cat in their trademark. So. Uh, and Susan Gibbs was kind enough to do this special gray shading that you're allowed to do. And the trademark attorney talked me through all this. Well, anyhow, long story short, I still made some errors. Oh, <laughs> no. Description. You little, I, I, I have that description somewhere. Oh, no, I have it right here. I still had my trademark plaque in front of me because that was so unbelievable. I'll read it to you. You don't mind. It's only a few sentences. It says, The mark consists of wording cats at home petting with a drawing of a house with a chimney on the left, a heart cut out of the near middle of the home, and a drawing of a cat laying in front of the home with a large face facing forward. The cat's face has sparkly eyes, long whiskers, and a smiley mouth. 
the cat's body is outlined and its tail goes to the left and upward curls down to the middle. The cat's tail makes up the left side and the heart and the left part of the heart. The entire house, the heart, and the cat are thickly outlined. No claim is made to the exclusive right to use the following mark as shown pet sitting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> so you you worked with the uh the the attorney through through that process or or how did you come end up landing on on that kind of description? I was lucky. Oh. <laughs> 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 um yeah, I would I uh, I would write it up I drove Susan Gibbs nuts. <laughs> we would try writing up everything. I would say, Susan, what what are those eyes? They look sparkling to me. You think they're sparkling to you? Those whiskers look long. You think we should say it's whiskered long? You know, and all that. And then I would ask the attorney a little bit, but the attorney didn't help. I would just keep calling legals, um, and those people were very understanding. Mm. And, you know, but. What really helped me was how I was lucky. Believe it or not, I left out the words, and the marking should consist of the wording cats at home pet sitting. I didn't put any of that in my description. And the examiner for the United States Patent and Trademark Office called me. She says, don't you want those words cats at home pet sitting to be part of this? I said, oh, God, for sure. She says, I'll add it for you. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Wow. <laughs> And you know, this took almost a year. Okay. It, it didn't get registered to July 11th, 2017, and it wasn't approved until like April 14th, I think it was, in 2017, because all the back and forth, I had gone back and forth and stuff. It took all over a m about two months before. Legal Zoom, or maybe it's three months before Legal Zoom actually sent in our application to the United States Patent and Trademark Office, mm. and you know, but then see, we were able then start using it with the color, but the patent and trademark trademark. I'll send you the actual. I think I have a, a copy of it with the way it looks. I, I know I do. I can actually send that to you. So you'll see what it looks like with it without the colors because okay. we didn't trademark it with the colors. So, but they allowed us to use any colors we want. If we wanted to change the colors down the road, we could. It's quite a deal. <laughs> so again, that gave you a trademark over the logo and the name. Um, right. Oh, because the name's part of the logo. Right. That was the key. I didn't trademark the name separately. I trademarked the logo and the name together. Mm. Nobody can do that from here on in the United States. You know what? I ain't going to sue nobody if they do it. <laughs> Nobody's going to do it either, I'm sure. But I was worried about that back then. Well, that, that's what I was. That's what I was interested in is uh, is is asking now. Like you've gone through this entire process, is this is this something you think more businesses should do, or um, who, who, no. who is this right for? No, <laughs> no. 
The only ones that should do it, I think it's not a bad idea to do it. If you love your your name and you love your logo, I think it's not a bad idea to do it with your state. The states are a lot easier from what I'm told, especially if you're in multiple towns like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But only if you love your name and you love your logo. I mean, super love it. And you're willing to actually go after somebody if somebody tries to copy you. I mean, if it's really, really, really important. Sure. But it does. The reason, though, if you notice on the logo, I sent that to you. You see the R next to it? It means you're a registered trademark. And when I first did this, I had Susan do add the R. They don't add the R for you, that little R in the circle. So you add it yourself on all, you know, on however you use it. So I, I, we just had a little R and straight up and down vertical logo. And it, it really didn't show up. I had, Coming in for a renewal, I decided, no, we should use the horizontal because that's what's on the trademark and it looks better on the website. And I went and added a bigger R. And I think it really helps our reputation, mm. our credibility. And I think the registered trademark helps our credibility overall and, you know, as well. Now, now you mentioned you, you're going through the renewal process. Uh, how often do you have to do that, and what all does that involve? Uh, well, after you first trademarked it, you, you, you have to renew it after five years and before six years. So we had, we had to renew it after July 11th of 2017 before July 11th of, two, I mean, 2022 before July 11th of 2023. And you have to show how you used it. And I remembered how big of a, how much difficult this thing was going through it on basically on my own with a little bit of help. What happens is when you trademark it, every trademark firm, and there's probably hundreds of thousands of trademark attorney firms in the United States, they know that you have this trademark. So a lot of them send you mailings or emails or phone call you offering to help you. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but that's all right. But it turned out good because I got a, I don't know, maybe four, five, six dozen of them email me. And this one guy, had a flat fee, and I went and read his reviews and looked up some of the renewals that he had done, and it looked like he specialized in nothing but renewals, and he's out of San Francisco. And I contacted him. I said, can I have a chat with you? And he gave me, on November 30th, I had a chat with him, and I could tell he was good. And... I knew, going through this, I knew the questions I would need to know. See, part of your trademark process is you have to show them how five different specimens and how you're going to use the logo with the, you know, trademark. You have to prove how you're using it. 
in commerce. So I already had those set out because I've used it for five years. So that was easy. So I I went with him on December 2nd. Within two days, we had everything done. It's already, the renewal's already applied for, and the odds are very good it'll be approved. And and that's kind of why you said to only go down this road if you really love your name and logo, because they're going to ask you, it sounds like, to prove that you are continually using it. Exactly right. All he did was make a copy of the cast at home pet sitting website. <laughs> it was easy because the, there you the go. logo was on the very top header with a big R on it. But I have all kinds of other options. And I told sent him some of the other ones. He has them in case the examiner wants to see something else. He says normally that should be sufficient. By the way, the class I have is class 35. It's called Pet Sitter Referral Services. Yeah, and and, it, and you mentioned, again, there's the there's the more local, the state level, and then there's that federal level where it goes across multiple states. So I guess you kind of can match with your ambitions as a company and where you want to yeah. go and and, yeah. and how you're incorporating, you know, what, basically your vision for what you want to do and kind of and go from there. Right. Exactly. I honestly think it. You know, if you your logo's great, your name's great, and you want to, and but you have a lot of competition, or you have some competition that you want to distinguish yourself from, I think a trademark will help you. And, and as you mentioned, gaining that credibility uh, of of right. when people look, they they know it adds. Uh, like I said, it's it's kind of like a verified. Okay, this company is not just they recognize what that trademark symbol is, but they also go, okay, well that means this person's pretty serious about this. Exactly. So <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I again, I I think that's fascinating because I I, I know nobody else who who has that and is um and is using. It. Once I got it, I was thrilled to death, as you might expect, after the difficulty we had. Yeah. So I promoted it <laughs> in the pet sitter groups, and there were several that went the route. And I think some got it, but they went through even more trouble than I did, and it really cost them a lot of money. I think it cost us less than $500 to do all that. So it's not, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and if it's something that you've, especially if it's something that you've, maybe you've gone through a big rebrand and you've spent a lot of money, several hundreds or thousands of dollars on a big rebrand, at that point, yeah, it does sound to to protect that and that investment that you've put into it. Oh, no, for sure. That's when you should. If you rebrand, you spent thousands and thousands of dollars to rebrand? I think so. And we were kind of rebranding because we, we have a specialized logo for cats. Right. So that's kind of what we were doing, too. Mm. So that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, glad you... I did it. Don't get me wrong. It was difficult, but I'm very happy I did it. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that as we as people look at their businesses and, and try, start planning and, and, and thinking about kind of their position in the market, how they want to differentiate themselves, I think that's a, definitely something very interesting to to try and pursue if that's something that they, they think is going to bring value to them uh, in, in their market. And you can get – you don't have to get a registered trademark. You can get what's called TM, 
which is just a regular trademark and it's not as extensive and as difficult. But I didn't look at that and I don't know the requirements for it. Okay. okay. And I know the state's requirements for just a TM isn't much usually. So you can get a hold of your state capital and find out. Or bother your state senator or representative to do it for help you. <laughs> yeah, what, are, what, are, what else are they doing, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this year, many of us are looking for ways to stay on top of our business and ahead of everything coming at us. The National Association of Professional Pet Sitters 2023 Conference Refresh, Rethink, Revive is just the thing. Join pet sitters from across the country for three days in March, March 3rd through 5th, to learn all about running a better business, training better staff, and taking better care of yourself. Megan and I cannot be more thrilled to be part of the conference and talking all about the life of a pet sitter. Go to PetSitters.org to register now and make sure you get your ticket to this and join pet sitters in making this year the best one yet. Now you 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 mentioned that uh, in that process of the renewal that you kind of the the uh, attorney that you're working for kind of copied your website and submitted that as evidence. I know on your on your website you've been um, releasing and doing a lot of more a lot more blogging, but you've been bringing on guest bloggers as part of that process. And I wanted to know why you decided to reach out and start having guest blogging on on your website and sharing that out. I didn't reach out. They came to me. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know why they came to me, but they came to me. I think it's because, who knows, maybe it has something to do with the trademark. Because none, most of them came to me. You know, I still have two websites. I still have Pampered Pet Sitting, which is warrensburgpetsitting.com, and then we have Cats at Home Pet Sitting, which is cats at home pet sitting.com so they came mostly to our cats at home one and i think it's because we also you know we have some cat sitters up in the can to the area that were part of cats at home pet sitting so i think that's because can't see metro's a major market so maybe that's why but they came to me and what they want to do is because you know in seo black links are real valuable right yeah so they're looking for backlinks. The more Google really, really likes when your information is on someone else's blog or someone else's website, someone else's web pages, not just yours. So this is a way for them to get backlinks. Well, what they do is they offer to write you a blog, and and by doing that, and then they put in a link or two in there, and then, but you tell them what topics you want to have covered and how. So I had somebody come to me a couple of years ago, offered to do that, and I thought, you know, maybe I'll do this. I've had several where they've actually sent blogs that were not related to cats, you know, or pet sitting overall. And I would just say no. And then after a while, I had someone come and say, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, you tell me what you want me to write for, and I'll write it as long as you allow me to do a link to my website. I go, that's all right. Yeah, sure. And I tell them, I want something to do with cat care, you know, and something to do with, uh, you know, 
specifics on how a pet parent can do better with cat care. And they did. They put their link in, and I told them they could, you know, have their own bio in there, and they did that with a little picture, and that's how we got started. But then I got really lucky. You know, now don't, all pet sitters, don't think Jay's always lucky because he's not. (laughs) (laughs) But in these two things, I was. Because then I had a lady come to me. I don't know, over a year ago, maybe almost two years ago, I can't remember. I could go back through my emails and find out. Probably closer to two years ago. And she's from a a transportation company called East Coast Hauling Company. You know, like the van lines companies that do nationwide moving. Well, apparently she works with all these other moving companies around the country. And she not only offered to ride it, she sent them to me a a blog about cats here. And this and I learned from her because she apparently had just read our website forwards and backside and knew what we were doing. She not only sent them to me, but she did links to my other blogs that I had already done. Mm. Like three or four links. So you would go in there, read the blog, and then you see a link. You click on it, and it goes to Cats at Home blog number one or two, or you know what I mean. So I thought, wow, that's a great idea. And then, and then she would not only do that, she sent me the images for them with the alts. You know how you need to have an alt with an image for your better SEO? Right, and she would send me captions with them. Then she sent me the meta descriptions for the story that you have to have for really good SEO, and the keywords I needed and where to put them. How lucky can a guy get, right? <laughs> now, I when I I know maybe people may listen to that and think, well, if I was contacted by some random person over the internet, uh, I might think it's a scam or uh, that there's something else going on well, here. I went and researched her first. That's what I always do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she gave me her name and and it had at eastcoasthaulingcompany.com. So then you go to what East Coast Hauling Company is and then looked up in their staff and I found out she was one of her top marketing people. So I knew she wasn't a scam. So now, now in the last year, we've published 24 of these. It gets better than that, Colin. Lately, in the last several months, she asked me what topics I want to have, and she'll give me like five or six of them to pick from. Mm. And she's kind of learned when topics are best for us. So, Jay's not writing these things, I hate to say, so don't make me sound like I'm a good author. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I think I think that's a very interesting way to start building some partnerships and relationships to get content for 
our businesses, uh, if people are interested oh, in man. that kind of thing. And just really importantly, just vet the people who are reaching out to you to make sure that it's it's going to work and that there's nothing, you know, it, nefarious, I guess, is, a, is maybe a too overblown term there. Right. But no. just be careful, and, right? Right. And I get others who come to me all the time. And most of the ones that come to me are the ones that already have a specific blog written. And they, the other reason I get it is... Our website, if you look at our website, they have resource pages. Yeah. And they all, almost everybody wants us to put their blog on our resource page. Yeah. So they can get being part of the pet resources so people click on them and also they'll get the black links that way. And I don't do that. I'll write back and say, we do have an active guest blog program. But if you want us to do this, you're going to need to write an introduction to this blog, and you need to give me the option to edit it. Even the one she sends me, she sends me in Word, and then she sends attachments to with the full images and then the alts and the, you know, the descriptions and the keywords and all that. But I still spend an hour or two editing her stuff as well. So it fits our template good. And I've learned to put in more links to our throughout our website and our blog pages. And she's very happy with that. Mm. You know what's really great about it? When you go read one of the blogs that she's that she's guest blogged on and you click on one of our links and you go, oh God, I gotta try to remember <laughs> we've had so many of them. One of them was I we recently, and she does them, even the ones that you would kind of think, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. She, she did one that why you, sh- why you might not want to hire your friends as a cat sitter. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But believe it or not, that's a great blog. Okay, so I'm on my thing. The last one I did was Habits a Cat Owners Should Quit. Because you're not being good to your cat. <laughs> oh, no. And she, what she does is she has, the people who blog have a tendency to, to have long titles and long subtitles, you know, that you're supposed to have on your blogs. Well, those aren't good for SEO for us. I use Yoast SEO. I don't know what you use. And no, it screams when you have real long URLs or too long titles or too long captions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I I have to go through and shorten them. I have to make them sound work and stuff. So so, but I'm the last one. For example, you you go in there and on the second line you click on, on a link that says members of your families. So it takes you to our, our blog that says adding a four-legged family member. So then that's the parent's guide to adding a pet to your family. Mm. Well, you read in that, and within the first paragraph, you click on another link that says the benefits of pets for kids. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, you keep you click on these different links and it keeps taking you into the different blogs and then on the right hand of our blogs it lists six other blogs that we also have published that you might find interesting. 
dupes the people on our website a long time. Yeah, well, it sounds like between the between the, the, the guest blogging and how those are being – it's not just the words being written, but the optimization that's taking place in there with the backlinking, right. with the keywords, with the SEO, with all that, uh, and the moves that you've been making to continue on with, with the trademark and, and all of that. sounds like you're, uh, you're really focusing on and making sure you have a solid foundation for, for years to come. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting, I had thoughts, you know, that I might just – totally retire and let someone else do this. But we had me, before my wife retired from her job, she worked in Anderson's for over 34 years. That's a major manufacturing plant here in Warrensburg. Uh, almost two years ago, we met with our financial advisor, and he says, if you can keep this business going financially, it'll be to your benefit. Because you can keep contributing to your IRA, and she can contribute to a spousal IRA. It'll keep your taxes down, and it'll keep your insurance costs down. I said, well, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll just do cats. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. I really want to thank you for, for coming and sharing all of that and and uh, encouraging us to see if that trademark is going to work for our company and to, to you know start taking some of those steps, but also to not be afraid of some partnerships uh, with guest blogging and how to get set up for success with those more long-term care visits. I, I know, as always, right. there's just there, there's a lot here. So uh, <laughs> how, how, how could people get in touch with you and, and start picking your brain on, on this and, and anything else that they, they want to look into? Um, well, they can email me. I have two emails I use a lot. is j at com or Jay at cats at home petsitting.com. They can call me on our, on our uh, business landline, which is 660-747-3554. Those are probably the three main things. Um, a voicemail picks up uh, the fifth ring and have them identify that they're a pet sitter. <laughs> so I know, you know, that's what it is. So, yeah. I, you know, we've been pretty fortunate with everybody else helping us. So I, I would love to help other pet sitters succeed. Again, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to talk with us today. Well, it's been my pleasure, you know, and we've learned a lot from you guys having these podcasts as well. So I thank you for your willingness to interview all these people and make us all better pet sitters. What strategic investments are you making in your business today? whether it's a trademark, blogging partnerships, or just nailing down the services that you want to continue to serve your clients well with, we all have decisions to make right now. And we need to remind ourselves that these decisions will impact our ability to run our business for years and years to come. That's not something we should shy away from. Instead, we should embrace that and run towards the advantages of making smart decisions today so that 10 years, 20, 30 years from now, we can be running the business of our dreams. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. We hope to see you at that conference in Louisiana, March 3rd through 5th. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll be back again soon. (laughs) 